Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho College murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates? It is a huge night. I want the truth from you. Hashtag Cyber Sleuths. The Idaho Murders. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. You deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. He is far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming. Exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. April is here. The NFL Draft Month is upon us, and our latest mock draft is out. It is Monday, April 3rd. This is the College Football Daily. I am Lance Glenn. We are now less than a month out from the NFL Draft, and a few days ago at 24-7 Sports, we released another mock draft. And joining me to discuss it is the man who put it all together, 24-7 Sports College Football Analyst, Blake Brockermeyer. Blake, how are we doing? Thanks so much for giving me some time today. I really appreciate you coming on. I'm great. Looking forward to talking some draft today. So, Blake, as I was looking through the mock draft, there are quite a few picks that I really want to really want to ask about, mostly on the offensive side. So that'll sort of be the main focus of today's conversation. And the first one at 16, you have the Washington commander selecting Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker. Now we know Washington needs a quarterback. Do they think Sam Howell can be the guy long term? Well, they're going to give him a shot. It seems like at least for the first couple of games, you know, they're they're I don't know if it's been officially announced, but obviously Taylor Heineke is is no longer with them, and and Sam Howell got the final start of the regular season. Also, there hasn't been a ton of Hooker first round buzz either. So why Washington for Hooker, and why all the way up in the middle of round one for a guy coming off an injury? Well, it's a it's a position that is that is the most important in the NFL. You're not going to get Bryce Young. You're not going to get C.J. Stroud. Anthony Richardson uh, and Will Levis will likely be gone. So the next guy there is, is, is Hendon Hooker. And if you really watch Hooker's tape, he had great 2022 tape. Uh, he had two interceptions and 11 starts. He protects the ball, I think, in his career at Tennessee or his t- entire career there. He's 58 touchdowns and five career interceptions. So high completion completion percentage. I believe he's around 70% uh, last season. Great games against great competition, uh, torched Alabama last year. Georgia was probably his only game where he was a little bit limited. And obviously Georgia's defense is, 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 is the tops in, in, in college football right now. So strong arm, good runner. The ACL is the only thing holding him back. So Washington needs some competition at quarterback. And I think he's a great pick there for them to come in, get a guy that potentially could be a, a, a really good starter in the NFL and will likely not miss a ton of time. I know they're saying they expect him to be to be ready at the beginning of camp, but I, I'd be surprised if he was ready that early. And and you brought up the injury and a little hypothetical. Now, obviously, he's hurt and and uh, he's rehabbing from the injury, and there's nothing you know to change that. Uh, but 
if he weren't hurt, let's say he played out the entire year last year and wasn't hurt and was healthy going into this draft process, do you think there'd be a lot more first round buzz surrounding his name than there is? Like, is the injury right now the one thing really holding him back? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean, realistically, he probably would have won the Heisman Trophy if he hadn't gotten injured. So, or would at least finished probably second at worst. So he's a great player. He's a great prospect and he's got all the intangibles that you're looking for. He's big. I think he's 6'3". He's got a strong arm. He makes great decisions. Uh, so j- the same thing that you're looking at with all the other top prospects, Hooker's got a lot of those traits, a lot of upside, and I do believe that he will be picked in the first round at some point. I think the Redskins or the Commanders make a lot of sense. Yeah, and like I said before, we know Washington needs a quarterback. I've been saying for years, I'm a Giants fan. Obviously, the Giants play Washington twice in a season. Washington is one of those teams that's really just the quarterback way. They have so many pieces on offense and defense that if they were to finally get quarterback right, they could really, you know, make a push in the playoffs and potentially contend. Another quarterback I want to discuss, and and this one, another really interesting pick, Will Levis to Green Bay at 15. And now obviously uh, Green Bay losing their uh, franchise quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. He likely has not yet, but will likely obviously be traded to the New York Jets. And right before we just talked about, you have Hooker honestly going right after at 16. So Levis at 15 to Green Bay. Jordan Love's still there, Blake. And it seems like like Sam Howell for the commanders, maybe Jordan Love's definitely going to get a shot to be the guy. But why do you like Will Levis going to the Packers here in the middle of the first round? Well, I think unless someone trades up to number three, it's going to be an Anthony Richardson, Will Levis take it four for the Colts. They're going to take one of those guys for sure. Uh, I think they'll take Anthony Richardson personally, but you, you never know. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody traded up a little bit earlier to get uh, either Hooker or Levis. But I think Green Bay makes some sense because just for the same reason as Washington is they don't have any depth at quarterback either. They've got a, an unproven quarterback in Jordan Love uh, who's barely played at all. I think he had 195 yards passing last season. Uh, uh, behind, obviously, Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers. They're going to need a quarterback, and I, and I think they're the first team uh, in the draft that kind of comes up where it makes sense that they could that they could go with Will Levis. I mean, they did it with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they they kind of wasted a first-round pick with Jordan Love. So Levis has a lot of intangibles, got a cannon arm, one of the strongest arms I, I've ever seen. He's a strong runner. Uh, he's played under some NFL offensive coordinators the last few seasons at Kentucky. He was a little inconsistent for, for, for my liking for a pick that high. But you know, like we said, a quarterback is the toughest position to, to, to find. There's only so many guys. And I think uh, for Green Bay, it makes sense for them uh, just to kind of hedge their bets with Jordan Love to, to pick a guy like Will Levis to come in and compete, maybe win the job. If not, he's a capable backup. Yeah, and obviously with taking a quarterback, uh, so much of the thought process is obviously centered around the physical traits. And we know Will Levis has plenty of physical traits to really shine. It's just a matter of being more consistent and obviously transitioning to the NFL. Now, there's been so much talk leading up to the draft. Now, again, still, you know, just under a month out, but a lot of talk leading up to it surrounding the wide receiver group. I don't think it's as, as top heavy as we've seen in the past. I don't think it'll be as top heavy as the wide receiver group we see next year, likely headed or likely led by Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, but you guys, you have guys like Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison, Quinton Johnson, Zay Flowers, Jalen Hyatt, on and on and on. So it is a, a group that you could definitely find a lot of a lot of talented pass catchers in. You have three going in the first round. Jackson Smith and Jigba at number 11 to Tennessee. Jordan Addison, second 
at 22 to Baltimore and Quentin Johnson third to my New York Giants at 25. And we were talking, in fact, before we recorded, Blake, that if the Giants were to pick a receiver at 25 and he was still there, I'd personally prefer a guy like Zay Flowers over Quentin Johnson. But just in terms of receivers as a whole, with this being not necessarily such a top-heavy group, how do you go about separating the guys at the top, deciding who's going to go first, who's going to go second, who's going to go third, so on and so forth, compared to you know guys who are going to go fifth, sixth, and seventh in the draft? For the early picks, for, I think Jackson Smith and Jigma is going to go first. I mean, I think even though he barely played at all last season, the season before, he was one of Ohio State's best, if not the best receiver on their team and proved that he's such a smooth route runner, can get open, create space. He's polished, uh, has great hands, uh, is a playmaker. I think those are the things that you're uh, when you're picking a wide receiver early. Uh, he's got all those intangibles. I think uh, Jordan Addison definitely has those intangibles as well. He's a, a good player he probably will be picked earlier than I projected but just going through the the needs of of teams and then you've got Quentin Johnson as a little bit different type of receiver outside receiver that can spread the field can can get the 50 50 balls uh, has got length and, and got good straight ahead speed uh, is a bigger body. So it really depends on what teams are looking for. Uh, it was really hard to leave Zay Flowers, Josh Downs, two great prospects that could easily go in the first round that are slot receivers. And then Jalen Hyatt is kind of a hybrid. I, I love his game. He made, you know, he, he increased his uh, value this season as much as anybody in the country. Uh, I would not be surprised if he went in the first round. So there's more than three deserving first round receivers. And if you look at last year's draft, the NFL is not paying these free agents big money. They're trying to draft young talent, get them on the cheap for for four or five years, and then move on to the next guy in in four or five years, unless they've proven to to be elite. Yeah. And especially if you are a team like my Giants, for example, that need a receiver, uh, this year's free agent class uh, isn't really great either. So it's not that you can really dip into the free agent class to get a number one. It might make sense to take one of these top receivers in the draft. Even again, if it's not as top heavy as next year's or years before, it still might make sense to take a first round ride receiver to hopefully develop one or two years down the road into that number one guy. So Blake, let's look big picture now. And we just talked about the receivers and you mentioned a couple guys that are not in the first round that could potentially be in the first round. You mentioned Josh Downs, you mentioned Jalen Hyatt. At other positions too, though, who are some that you think could eventually find their way into the top 31? And it's funny, I say top 31 because we got to remember the Dolphins, I think, don't have a first round pick. So there's only 31 first round picks this draft. So who do you think could make their way into the top 31 that maybe you don't have right now in your mock draft? There's a long list. Uh, I mean, there's uh, Will McDonald, an edge player at Iowa State, could easily make it. Keon White out of Georgia Tech, another edge. Brian Brzee at Clemson's a defensive tackle that's, to me, short on top-end talent in this year's draft. Wouldn't be shocked if he went really high. Uh, Jack Campbell, linebacker from Iowa, I really love. Had incredible testing numbers, incredible production Iowa. I could see him going late. And then on the offensive line of Cyrus Torrance of Florida, uh, Dewan Jones of Ohio State, Cody Mock of North Dakota State. Uh, I could see those guys getting in there. Dalton Kincaid. A tight end from Utah. 
a couple of corner safeties. Sidney Brown's a safety from Illinois. I love Chase Brown's brother. I could see him slipping in there. Uh, Manuel Forbes is a really good corner from Mississippi State. who's a little slight in his weight, but a really productive ball hawk out of, out of Mississippi State. And then Julius Brents, uh, lastly, is a long, tall, six foot four plus corner from Kansas State uh, that's just got incredible length. Is a great uh, cornerback for them. So those are just a, a few names, actually a lot of names. But if any of those guys were selected in the first round, it would not shock me one bit. All all deserving players. And at the same time, you know, we always see surprises in the NFL draft every year where guys who we thought could be, you know, even top 15 picks they end up falling out of the first round and land a a team early in the second round, a pretty good steal. So who are some guys that you see in this mock draft that could potentially drop a little bit that could even fall out of the first round? And like I said, give a team like uh, Houston early on in the, in the second round, a really valuable pick early. Well, there's going to be some great prospects in the second round, plenty to go around for everybody, but uh, Cam Clark's a corner from South Carolina. Wouldn't shock me if Emmanuel Forbes, Julius Brent, Sidney Brown, type player, uh, kind of took his spot in the first round. Uh, Darnell Washington, the, the freak tight end from Georgia, is one of my favorite players in this year's draft. If he doesn't go in the first round, I would be shocked. But that's another position, kind of like running back, that's kind of undervalued. Uh, and so I could maybe see him slipping, although I think that would be a major mistake. Uh, Mazzy Smith, a really good defensive tackle from Michigan. His stats aren't there from last year, but if you watch his film, he's a, he's a wrecking ball inside. It's a position, again, that there's more good edge players and defensive tackles. Uh, I have him going to the Chargers just because they had so many issues on their defensive uh, front last year. I could I, I could see him being a position in need and a good fit for them. And then Quentin Johnson, the receiver we've talked about from TCU, wouldn't, wouldn't completely shock me if he just slipped out of the first round. Uh, I don't think he will, but if he did, I think it wouldn't just completely blow me away. Yeah, and, and like we've been saying again with the receivers, there's so many and they're all kind of bunched together. So you could see a guy like Quentin Johnson uh, potentially fall to that early second, which would be great value for a team that needs a receiver that's picking early on. And when you're picking early in the draft, likelihood is you need a lot of positions and receiver is probably one. So remember to follow Blake on Twitter at B Brockmeyer FW and check out the full mock draft over at 247sports.com. Blake, thanks so much for coming on. Remember to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and make sure to head on over to the 247 Sports YouTube channel and click that subscribe button. So for Blake Brockmeyer, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks for listening to the College Football Daily. Greetings, Fantasy Warriors. I'm Heath Cummings, your guide to fantasy dominance on FFT Dynasty. Join me this offseason where mock drafts become epic showdowns and every pick shapes your legacy. If, if I was Adam, with the team that he's built, Will Levis makes so much more sense. And that's not all. We're peeling back the curtain on the future with our exclusive 2024 NFL Draft Prospect Profiles. Uncover hidden gems that'll elevate your roster to legendary status. Puka Nakua. After Cooper Cup, we really have no idea who's going to get the targets. Keaton Mitchell of East Carolina. Explosive speed is ridiculous. This isn't just a podcast. It's a playbook for champions. Subscribe to FFT Dynasty now, and together, we'll conquer the fantasy football frontier. Your dynasty journey starts here.